This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So, um, I hope I'm not disappointing anybody by that that is focusing on... on I hope I'm not... Um, I hope I'm not disappointing people that are focusing a lot on my hometown, but I'll call upon him. I just, we don't have that much time now, so just short about Rebiz Kachonen and about the Dvar Avram. Um, Kavna will speak later a lot. It was a very aristocratic city, very regal. The, 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 the signon of the people was like that. Um, Rebiz Kachonen spec, it had very famous Rabbanim. The Rebbe Shorleib was a Rafer at Kufa here, Rebbe Kachonen, and the Dvar Avram. Rebiz Gochanan was one of the first Rabbanim that had a sort of a standing of the Posik Hador. Rebiz Gochanan was the address for all of Europe and America. Um, he was he was known for his incredible Asmada, for his um, for his Psak specifically on Agunas. He has an incredible amount of, of Heterim. Um, and he writes specifically that once he took on the Ola Rabbanis, he had to be find a terim as he was dying basically he he took out of his packet another another letter to write at a chuva because he felt that has to be taken care of before he goes um and he was recognized people had pictures of him people you know rivisco hana was a sort of international figure of of the posicador he was, he was probably the first in in memory uh, like that the dvar of rome was the rav up until the war um, he was Zalman the Shapiro's son. He was a very big Talmud Chacham. He was also typically, I guess, of the Ruach of Kavna. He was an intellectual. He was extremely dignified. He, you couldn't go into him. Only Rabbanim and Meyerura uh, went to ask him the Shilas, and you know he he answered them. When he would walk in the street, the street would clear away, and even the Umazolum would stand back with Yeris Akavit. Um, he was he became sick um, right towards the war. He had cancer. He went to Switzerland for an operation. He came back. They offered him to stay in Switzerland. He said he owes the Kehilla too much Akarasa Toiv and he's going to stay with them till the end. He was nifted in the ghetto. My father was able to mishamish him when he was sick. And he, he didn't lose his bearings even when he was sick. He didn't speak to somebody when there was no reason to talk to. So even the people that were mishamish him, his Rebbitzin would, would strike up conversations with them to keep them awake and so this and that. In him, if there was no reason to speak, he didn't speak. It was a very different type of Hanhaga than we used to. Um, he, he had two sons that I know of. One of them was a lawyer, was a lawyer in America. Um, I don't know what happened further after that. Um, and he had a son who was a professor in the University of Semitic Languages. Um, he was a uh, scholarly person. He perished in the war, him and his wife and his child. Um, the Dvavram was nifta in the ghetto. He was zeicha to a, a, a proper levaya still, and that was it. And in a sense, with that, um, it was over. It's very interesting how We'll speak about Reb Chaim Moise and Vilnevs also seemed to be as if the captain, when the captain went down, the ship went with him. Um, and that was the, that was the surah of the, of the Rabbanis and so on. 
and we'll speak more when we see a little bit later. I have time. You know, Kovna was not an easy city. Um, it was a very, very, it was a very sophisticated, cultured um, kind of. Um, you know, it, it was a modern city in, in population as well. On the other hand, they were very traditional. So it wasn't as if they broke from the Kehila, but on the other hand, um, Shmir Samitsis was kind of lagging, and he had the difficult job of sort of holding rein on it. And Amitsa uh, Shem, I don't know what we have, five minutes left, or what do we have uh, about? So let me tell you a story that I heard again from from like one person removed um, this is the person Kablianski I told you about his, say, a book that he wrote that I have his father was a a uh, Haredi Balabas in um, in uh, uh, in Lita in Kovna his daughter became more left-wing and she decided to um, to marry a, a guy who was a communist, a Yid, but a communist. He came to Dvavrom and he cried his heart out and he said, I don't know what to do. He said, you know, my, my daughter fell in love with this person, what should we do? So Dvavrom said, we should put, you should, you should, you should put up a chuppah and marry them. So he said, with that shegitz, the Dvavrom got very upset and he said, you call a Yid a shegitz? It's Zeri Yisrael. How can you, how dare you? His son was a yeshiva bachan kamenitz. As the war went on, they ended up somewhere near Siberia or deep in Russia, and his son lost it, and his son decided to marry out. The father was staying in a place that was 10 kilometers from a shul, and he was oismensch. And he walked through a thick snow to a shul, he opened up an arkadish and started crying. And he fainted. And the Davavram came to him in a cholom, and he said, you didn't understand what Zeri Yisrael means, now you understand. And then he said, but don't worry, it'll work out. And in the end, he, he dropped, he never, you know, he never followed through. He ended up in Yisrael, he was a Frumayit, and this is, I think it's his father, Kublianski's father. I'm not sure if his father's grandfather, but that's the person. I heard it from the person I heard from him, I heard the story from him. But it, it was very, it was... Uh, very difficult times. People were very educated here. People were very into when you describe the person. The first media was he's an aristocrat, and the second one was and he's very intelligent, and the third one was and he's very from. But that that was that was a third. People here were very marich um, stouts, you know, holding yourself with dignity. That was extremely important. Um, intelligence. Studying, learning was very important. That's why the Haskola here, people were less into social justice movements, less into fighting. They were into Hebrew a lot. They were very, very into the Hebrew culture. They were cultured people. They Studying, learning, um, all of that was extremely important. Um, and But on the other hand, a, a strong sense of being Makbin on a Kutzel was kind of... It was against the grain of, of, of the Kavna people. People here did not like uh, fanaticism. They liked very much refinement. 
it had certain milas. My father would told me like a, for a person to walk in the street and smoke a cigarette on Shabbos was a grubby young. How, how can you do it? I mean, you know, it, it, it was considered to be the, the, the coarse in your face Chilo Shabbos wasn't acceptable. You know, it slowly degenerated over time and people started going out. But but that was the flavor of people. On the other hand, the the, the type of Kutzel Shayut Kepeda was also not, um, you know, was not in the blood of the of the people. So when it came to being Shayim Mitzvahs with a diktuk and so on and so forth, it was not easy to get that through. Like upon him, so you have two great Rabbanim, uh, who really was the Paisikador, and um, everything came to him. Um, he passed in Shilas in 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 Machlokas in the Yeshiva. Those Machlokas who should be the Rashiva. He passed in. This was talking the eighteen hundreds, mid eighteen hundreds, um, when it's the Kaczynski and 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 so on, and and uh, it was the, the I, I think it was the Eisenstadts and. Rebbe Lebar Kamai, I believe, was that Machlokas, but he was the one who basically, the Paskin, Rebbe Yitzchokhanan's word was gold. He also had a very interesting person who was his secretary. His name was Yanka Lifshitz. He was a Kochlefel, very, very diligent, a, a, a man who was a real hustle-bustle person, you know, cold boy, could do everything and anything. People, he was a big Kanoi also, and people accused him of having undue influence on Yitzchokhanan, which is, that starts a tradition of tining that the Gaboyim are the ones that Fadreda Koptak Dailum. That's where the tradition comes from. Um, this Yanka Lifshitz wrote a historical work that's really, really good. It's called Zichron Yaakov, three volumes of memoirs, and it discusses everything in his times, and he's quite open. He doesn't, he doesn't censor himself terribly. Um, sometimes people are, feel that he's putting his own Kanoas in and so on. As a historical footnote, this Yanka Lifshitz has a great grandson, who's the today the editor of the Ated Neman Pini Lifshitz. That's his great grandson. But Akopanim um, Yanka Lifshitz was a very, very he was the the the, the uh, chief of staff for Rebbe Shochanan, and the Maskilim the Maskilim couldn't argue with Rebbe Shochanan. He was too big of a figure to argue. So they tainted that it's Yanka Lifshitz's is um, uh, he's the one. Who's, who's ruling everything, and they called his office the Lishka Shchera, the black office. In other words, he, he generates blackness for, for litter. Um, and, but but you, you, you see, they could not touch Rebbe Shkohan. Rebbe was above accusation, reproach, or anything like it. Um, we, when we speak about Sabotka, we'll, we'll understand that the, it, the, for the Muslim movement to have started in, in Kovna could only have been because Rebbe Shkohan was at least tacit consent and um, had he been opposed it like his son later did it would never gotten off the ground Rebus Hanan was was the the the, the murder astra in with with a capital m and a capital a okay so we'll be there soon